0: There are some key words in Shorbindo's yoga, in Shorbindo's teachings, if you may say so. And these key words almost uh, can be arranged in a hierarchical way. The first word is progress. That's what we were saying yesterday. Just teach the youth to progress, don't give endpoints. You got a job, it's an end point. You got married, it's an end point. You have a house, it's an end point. The thirst for endless progress, one of the biggest gifts that one can have. It's so beautiful that in Shirobhinda's yoga, you don't have, okay, you had this experience and realization. This thirst for progress gives us a sense of youthfulness. There's no end to the disclosures of the infinite and so it makes the journey fascinating. So progress is the First element, to be always kept alive. The mother uses the word, this flame of progress. Then the second word is of course, uh, evolution. Progress leads to evolution, not just the way we biologically understand it, but in the sense that it's in a of all that is latent within us. That's why nothing can be taught from outside. The seed is inside and it must blossom. In its own beautiful way. So, evolution is a fluorescence of that which is hidden inside. We can't create something artificial from outside. The third keyword is, which relates to the fourth, or rather, the third keyword is transformation. The goal of all this evolution is towards a progressive transformation. And this is the journey. Right from dust to man. And this is the journey which will be from man to uh, the next station and so on and so forth. It's an endless, infinite progression. So, um, normally this progress is conducted by a kind of evolutionary pressure which is within creation. Whether we like it or we don't like it. It is pushing us to exceed ourselves in different ways. And there are... The harbingers of evolution, there are those who facilitate the evolutionary process. Human agencies, normally known as the vibhutis, who help in this process. Because in them, nature has gone beyond the point and it wants to take a leap and therefore, the leap that they take, as Sri says that, you know, a genius creates a system and another genius breaks it. (laughs) So that a new system can be, new progress can take place. So these are the vibhutis who help in the forward march. Lok Sangraharth of the Gita. And there are of course also the other players who also play their role and they should play their role because they try to pull back. We have to choose <laughs> and grow stronger through the wrestle and the embrace. So this is the way progress takes place ordinarily. But for each term, for each aeon, for each yoga. For each age of mankind, as we know the four ages, the golden, silver, bronze and iron, satyog kreta, dwapar, kalyuk, there is a limit which nature sets because if we prematurely exceed it, then the form will not be able to take it. Probably there is a kind way we can progress inwardly and enter into the infinity that is given to man. But the form will not be able to move at that pace and it's likely to break down and... Um, that's how you know we have dissolutions, the pralayas, where beyond a point it reaches a point where it kind of gravitates. There are many aspects to it, anyways. So, our discussion is not about pralaya but evolution. <laughs> pralaya is only a, a facilitator in that direction in its own unique way. Everything facilitates in that direction. So, uh, normally nature fixes a limit. When we reach that limit, in human beings, the limit is. Threefold nature, as the Gita describes. We have Tamagun, Rajagun, Satagun, and I'm not going into its detail. It's very well known. And Satagun is the highest that human beings can arrive at. A balanced life of equilibrium, harmony, light, peace. Uh, They do things according to a... uh, In in the Western context, we would say, in, in in, in in the light of a discerning reason, in the... Eastern context, we would say sattvic mode, according to what the way it should be done, taking into consideration time, place, etc. This is the height to which human beings can go. And yet, this is not the ultimate that human beings are destined to be. So, this urge to go still beyond took two routes. One route has been to go beyond the frame of human reference. But when you go beyond the frame of human reference and the mass is not ready, individually we can go. The Buddha taught that, you know, nirvana, you can arrive beyond the human frame. But people who do that, the world is not ready to, you know, embody that kind of experience, that kind of light, that consciousness which is still greater. So there is a tendency, there is a dislocation from the world as it is and that consciousness. And there are different uh, ways people have tried to cope with this, uh, you know, dissonance. Some withdraw into trance more and more. Some remain in contact with the world through a little bit here and there, hanging supports. Because otherwise they cannot operate. You know, the story of Swami Vivekananda, he would, Sister Nivedita asked Shardama, why is it that you know when he talks about India he's so wide and you no know, when he talks about Brahman he's so wide and everything but when somebody says about India anything is as if full of anger you know sometimes he would get uh, he couldn't take injustice and I mean that was his so uh, Masha Ardhar says you know that's a little veil of Maya deliberately put on him otherwise he won't live here. that's what Sri Ramakrishna told about him the day Narendra knows who he is he will not stay, he will go away so sometimes they keep a little hang out, some as they say balustrade to hold to so that they can keep as a prop and operate in the world as masters as vibhutis, as those who bring some light to earthly men eventually they withdraw sometimes through traditions etc but is there anything greater than Nirvana? If nirvana is the end, then life is absurd. The whole journey to go back to where you came from and go through... Okay, it's fine if it was a pleasant journey. Okay, fine, God sent us on a very much, you know, uh, wonderful trip. Okay, you go, have an earthly life. Look, it is so wonderful. Everything is so wonderful. Then you come back. That's still okay. But to go through this pain and suffering, which is so real, come to grips with evil which can be so threatening to our existence. Divine who would make all this to say at the end, okay, I'll pull you out of this, would be an absurdity. And this is a question we have not raised. And Sri raises it for ourselves because we have all kinds of answers given. Your karma, God did everything right. You are the fellow who is responsible. And Sri speaks about it as if a man was consulted when creation was made. So... To pass on the final buck to man, Shravinda doesn't do that. He, he takes assumes responsibility. Like the real leader, we are talking about leader. A leader assumes responsibility, he doesn't pass the buck to others. Mother would say that if anybody um, uh, you know goes stray, she said, I look into myself. To you correct yourself. What a wonderful. I mean, at that point, the divine mother. So from time to time when our evolution reaches a critical level where the forces of retrogression which want to pull it backward and the forces of ascension, they reach such a critical point that one wrong step can affranchise all. So there are moments in our evolution when we reach that point where both these forces are in an acute struggle and normally the divine who is pushing things from behind and there are the vibhutis who are operating now he steps into the forefront it is one of the greatest fascinating mysteries I just you know just to think and feel about it so amazing you know Krishna pushing this creation from behind as the Purushottama of the Gita Akshar Brahman and Charobhav suddenly one day that mystery steps into the forefront and says I take the command of life And creatures carrying the march of evolution forward. That's why the Gita speaks of this as one of the three great mysteries. One of them is the divine becoming human. He becomes human because as we were discussing yesterday, there there are three ways by which we can help humanity progress in education also everywhere. One is by the power of the word, agency of the word. Second is by influence and the third is by example. Power of the word, the divine comes, by then all kinds of interpretations have distorted the word. And that's what I, as an aside I must say, something very beautiful about Sanatana Dharma, it's one of the one alone, stand alone. I don't want to use the word religion but for want a better term where the evolutionary impulsion is admitted so there are great saints who come and they override the scriptures and what they say becomes scripture that's why the injunction in Indian thought is scripture is there and the master is there, follow the master his word is the scripture he has realized by this realization they keep on and they realize in multiple ways we were listening to yesterday to David Frawley Madhavacharya, Ramanucharya and you know Shankaracharya, and all of them are approaching the infinite from their own unique angle, it gives an evolutionary process which is wonderful but along with that there is a larger evolution which is going on it is not just the evolution of consciousness but also the evolution of forms that is also admitted in Indian thought and that we find in the parable of the ten avatars So each avatar is the avatar of Vishnu, the great preserver. And he comes as a fish. He comes as a tortoise. He comes as a vara, the wild boar. He comes as half human, half animal. I don't know, we should teach it in the schools or not. I hope, you know, I often have this problem with many of the schools which are labelled as integral and I often tell them you are teaching the gospel of Hirani Kashup and not of Prahlad. We teach the same evolution, Darwinian evolution, struggle for existence, survival of the fittest. I have often said if survival of the fittest is the goal of life, then virus is self-sufficient, <laughs> except that <laughs> he has learned to feed upon others. It's not survival of the fittest that may seem to be that may be the first law of life, but it's not the real last purpose. So the last purpose, when we look behind evolution, it is manifestation. That's what Sri says. All evolution is a manifestation. Manifestation of what? Of that which is hidden inside. That only can manifest. Nothing new can come. So that's why if the divine is at the base of this world, Eko Ham bhushyam as the Vedas say Then the end result regardless of what we may think, conceive, imagine, want, not want It doesn't matter that it will blossom into the finest flower of divinity There is no other logic to it If the divine is at the core and seed of things That's what will manifest And if at the core and seed of things there is nothing As the gospel of death says nothing really should have emerged out of nothing so it's an absurdity ad infinitum so there is the divine consciousness which is manifesting itself and for this manifestation it has taken matter it is through matter it is manifesting otherwise in its own world it is all there already the whole Mahabharata appears in the heart of Vyas So we can take this manifestation in this way Mahabharata is where? It's in vyas before he has written it. Where is the Bhagavata? It's in the heart of Vyasa. But it is in an unmanifested. State. It is there. Manifestation means now time and space, book, pen, all the various instruments, characters. You have the great Mahabharata, all the characters are asked now. They will go through a whole journey. And at the end of the entire Mahabharata, when people are saying, Oh, what a gory war story you have written. And you ask, Vyasa, What did you write? He said, That's what you are saying, That I have written a gori war story, But I have written about the manifestation of Krishna on the battlefield of Kurukshetra. I have written about the gift of the Gita, In the entire battle through which human beings pass through. So, the first thing we see these avatars give in their own way is the power of the word. Of course the scriptures are there, Vedas, Upanishads are there, but over a period of time there are human interpretations, they are natural. That's why we see different, different schools of Vedanta coming up. But the avatar, first task of the avatar is to bring out the truth of the Vedas in creation. That's why even the Mats the fish When she is asked, what are you doing here? She has to fight a demon. All of them have to fight a demon. So she says, the fish says, Vedan dhartiyam, liberating the Vedas. (laughs) Matzavta didn't write a book, but liberated the Vedas. And it has that story in its own right, beautiful story, the first avatar. So it is liberating the secret knowledge which is hidden in creation, the Veda, through forms, that's what is the story which is going on. The real storyline behind the outer storyline. So by the power of word, more and more we see, especially we see in the life of Shri Krishna, Christ, few things, and Buddha and Sharbindo. Little bit about Rama, there are some utterances which have become like you know, Mahavakyas to follow. So through the power of the word, they liberate the human consciousness from the molds of the past. We do not belong to the past dawns, but to the noons of the future. And release the divine efflatus, the evolutionary urge to move towards the future. All the avatars, to go into it will be a long journey, but all of them, they release us from the bounds of the past and open the doors to the future. So this is by the power of the word, the Gita. And Shorbindo didn't want to take any chances. So he wrote everything about everything upon earth <laughs> through the 37 volumes. It is a great tragedy that these volumes lie adorning the shelves of people's homes. They are meant to be read, to be awakened. Even one volume. And then the mother to top it all, she said, oh people will complain, they don't understand. She went on with other 31 volumes, I mean I am including the agenda and the conversations and many other conversations. So they have left enough by, by way of power of the word. And I can tell you just reading them is magic, that's it. Just reading them is magic. But of course, it's not like a newspaper reading, let's know about what Sri Aurobindo said, let's know about what Shankaracharya said, let's know. It's with this earth that what really, what is this state in which we are in? Is there a future for mankind? Is there hope? With this earth when we read, then those letters begin to release the light within them. Page by page, white star scripts of the gods born from the presses of light page by page to the dim children of earth were given. So what? Second thing that the divine when he becomes human He does is by his influence His presence, that's it We may not understand it It needs the divine vision to see it That's why this prayer of the mother repeatedly I feel one should, you know, prayer when she first saw Ashurabindu We see him as this, that, hundred, you know ways. But how did the mother saw Sri Aurobindo? He whom we saw yesterday is here upon earth. His presence is enough. That's it. He is present. That's enough. And look at his presence. What a powerful presence it must be that saw two world wars and the asuras of imperialism, the asura of Marxist kind of communism, the asura of Gross materialism, the asura of positivism, the asura of various isms, the asura of religion turned into superstition. All this, his presence, like a great assurance. And he saw all this pass. The world changed after 1950-56. What a powerful presence. At one place, the mother, several places he has spoken about this presence. You can feel it. You I mean, leave aside all these uh, mentalized things. Just visit your window's room once and see that powerful presence. So many years, 72 years, physical withdrawal and yet you feel it. Something so powerful at the samadhi, vibrating with that presence. And, you know, the mother speaks about an incident in 1951. There is a lady who dies in the ashram context. And she sees that Shirbindu's symbol is there on the forehead, her forehead, shining symbol. And Shirbindu says, Henceforth, whoever dies here will come straight to me. Now you see, don't turn it into a dogma that we must rush to Pondicherry to die. That's not. <laughs> let's be very clear. That's not what it means. To a devotee, the divine is everywhere. I mean, we don't have to. <laughs> but here it is not about being a devotee. To a devotee doesn't have to worry. Wherever he is, he remembers the divine, divine is there. That's the eternal law. But here, the mother asks him, she too, because she was a lady with a very, very um, volatile temperament, prone to anger, would say, I am going to commit suicide if you don't eat my food, that kind of stuff. She said, she too. And Sri Aurobindo says, yes, unconditionally. And she says, what a power. She describes certain experiences that there was a man who died and she saw straight that he is going and fusing with Sri supramental light. It says, all that he had within him was the um, arch to just serves Sri Aurobindo, that's all that's all sorry it's not that's all but you know all integral yoga this that sikhaya wa he just wanted to serve shabinda she said immediately and she saw the whole her, his being gathered through flowers of service tree and going and fusing into shabinda's supramental light what a tremendous power that presence when hitler is annexing one country after another and thence, he is told and what does Shrivinod say? Alright, we will see. And things began to turn. See his presence? The mother says when she came and this was the question going on. She also knew, he also knew the purpose for which they are here. The supramental manifestation and they had labored for it for ages. As Augustine, and Lupa Mudra, in various aspects in Europe, India different places, who knows? The mother speaks of as the first human prototype. They were both there. She describes that. So, she asked Shurabindu inwardly, Will it be this time? They knew what humanity is. And she says, Bindu simply said, Yes! And at that point she saw the supramental consciousness, supramental light descending into matter. He says that was the power of his word, his mere presence. He's not a teacher, he's the avatar, his word counts. He has come with the mandate. When he says yes, the universe hears, because his yes is the yes that comes from beyond the cosmos, the transcendent taking a human body. Otherwise, within the cosmic bounds we have to move. When transcendent comes and says yes, the world listens. Doesn't matter where the forces are, where they start getting aligned. Shri Krishna alone on the battlefield, unarmed. Shri says, if you have to make a choice, the world with all its shrapnels and all its armies and Sri Krishna alone and unarmed, choose Krishna. That is wisdom. So, his influence... And that influence is not something which is going to die away with the physical withdrawal. It's gone into matter. The mother speaks of it that wherever we have placed our feet, there that influence has gone into the very atoms and it has spread into the entire earth. And that incidentally is the significance of relics, you know. And I do hope that sometime we, we have in Lagras and Because it's an influence which is there in matter. Shubindu the you. From the physical, you know, in the Gita it is said, Janma karma chame divyam. Shri Krishna says, my birth and my works are divine. And uh, I, I like to add, uh, even my departure is divine. So, when Sri withdraws from the physical limits of a physical sight, so somebody wanted to give a uh, message to the press, five days, the body was aglow with the supramental light. It was not going through any of the normal processes. It was a victory over death actually, if you see. <laughs> the heart has stopped, the breathing has stopped, but the body is continuing to be just as it is. Neither there is rigor mortis nor there is any signs of degeneration. In fact, a lotus smell was coming. People who carried Sri Aurobindo's body, one of them just left his body recently, he was in our desert, and he, I asked him, is I have heard this story, is it true? He was so much full of, you know, his entire dementia went into the background. Yes, I can still smell it in my fingers. That was the power over matter. Why did he withdraw? That's another story to facilitate. Because we were not receptive. So he plunged into death. Ali is blind into the nether mysteries. So he, when he withdrew out of the physical, limits of physical sight to facilitate, not because of any helpless subjection to death, then the disciple wrote, a uh, press release note, the mortal remains of Shurabindu will be interned into the samadhi. And the mother looked at it, struck it off. And she wrote, there is nothing mortal about Shurabindu. Each cell of his body held the immortal flame. Read through his even Savitri will speak. She speaks about it and records of yoga and so many letters. Each cell held the immortal flame, and yet he let all these immortal cells enter into the earth atmosphere as his final gift, so that majority of humanity can be awakened. This was the great sacrifice the mother spoke about. So that the world can awaken to that by contagion, by contamination. One of the things, many other aspects of that mystery uh, we have spoken about. But right now, to focus on this. So his very presence, which continues to be here as a living assurance of the supramental. There are a number of messages that the mother gave. They are all there in Mother's Collected Works, Volume 13, Mahasamadhi. They are there in Munadha's book, Blessing, benedictions of the grace and just for want of time. So we all can read it uh, there. So wonderful. So his presence, which continues as an influence. There is a letter of Sri where he says, why one must, those who are doing yoga outside, you know, what Sri would say. He said that, you know, yes, there are many disciples who are doing the yoga outside. But time to time... They are advised from time to time to return back to the place of central influence. that is how he described. Central influence. Of course, this one may say, it's before the supramental manifestation, all that is fine. but the place of central influence, and then get recharged and go back. So sometimes I used to take leave four times a year, somehow or the other, rush to Pondicherry. My parents wanted me to come to them. So I would say no no sorry to say and confess that I would tell a lie, Chutti I'm doing my MD and I would write four letters to be posted every week by a friend locally to go to Pondicherry. <laughs> so they would get a message. Those were fortunately no phones. So you know, ah, everything is fine. <laughs> So beautiful, just to go to that influence to receive. In whatever way that influence, that influence can come in many ways in the physical. Something touched by the mother and Shurabindu, we don't realize what it means. Anything touched by her, continues to carry something of a touch, that influence. Just the sand, you know when Shurabindu came to Pondicherry, one of the things that he carried with him, it was the mud of Dakshineshwar. The sand. I, I got so ecstatic that one day I just ate the um, <laughs> this sand in playground. I said at least it has gone inside. <laughs> it is a joy just to feel that. Of course it requires a certain kind of inner sensitivity. But even if we do not, still its influence will be there. So influence. And the third as the living example. So people often, we recommend, read books, read books. Please read Sri Aurobindo's life. That itself is liberating. In Indian thought, we have one side Ved Vedanta, the Gita. But there was a parallel track opened, which at least personally I found extremely helpful. Read all this, wonderful. I also read the Vedas, the Upanishads, all this. But the joy and the opening that came through reading of the Ramayana, the Mahabharata, and Bhagavata was very different. Read the life of Survivor. It's so purifying, vivifying, rejuvenating. You 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 can never lose hope after reading it. One one, you know. Um, there are some beautiful biographies. One of them is Rishab Survindu is Life Unique. Wonderful book. I think a couple of them have already been given here. Just to read them. When we read the life of Rama, it is not what he said, but what he was as a person. What a yardstick. Of an ideal human being, still we would strive to reach there. You know, when I used to read about uh, Rama in Ramayana, the way he's portrayed, just his physical characteristic, I cannot forget, you know, what his body is, what his eyes are. These are not uh, just a way of adoring and uh, sentimental outpourings. When we love the divine embodied, we begin to become like him. This is the secret of yoga. Of course we can love the divine even without the embodiment, but how much more difficult? Try conceiving the divine, the absolute, all who dwells in all and has become all this. Isha Upanishad, meditate on the verse. Yes Sarvani Bhutani Now you know it's fantastic. I mean mantra has its power, but you are just wondering what is this Vasudeva who is in everything and everywhere? But when you see shrivindo when you see the mother, okay, fine. Your mind needs to hold on to Nam and Roop to liberate from the Nam and Rup. What ensnares us? Forms and shapes but within it is the one. So the, when the one assumes a form and shape his name and form liberates us. This is the beauty. He assumes the same strategy. So his life becomes a living example. How he dealt with the various issues. And Mother and Shurabindo every aspect of human life they have taken. Be it marriage, be it children, be it a job, be it, you know, danger, difficulty, making the choices and what dangers? It's unimaginable with the British government sword on his head. And that's why when people would say, when once Niruddha wrote to him, Sir, this problem, that problem, he said, yes, you know, you have to graduate in equanimity. I have gone through my own practice Past M.A. Now your turn, please. (laughs) Whenever we are besieged with difficulties, I advise, don't go into philosophy. Just read Shurabindo's Tales of Prison Life. You will feel you are in bliss. Tales of Prison. Carry this book whenever you want to. Any challenge of life, read with one. One little, you know, and he writes so humorously, just as an aside, that, you know, there is this, um, um, inside the prison house, he had the, whatever, to attach, you know, you have to, for the privy, and then they would cover it, after many hours they would take it, clean it and bring it back. So he says, I would heard about the attached bathrooms and toilets, but I never imagined that this luxury will be given to me here now. Imagine water—it's not luxury; it smells stench. With a single blanket to put it below, to put it on top, to take one bowl which he has to use for ablutions, for drinking water, for food, everything. Shubhendu never complained, and when he writes about it, you will be—you uh, know—you you won't know whether to laugh or whether to cry. If you read the words, you will be splitting into laughter. But when you just imagine that the divine becomes human and has to go through all this, your heart will bleed. This is how he makes so light of such a situation. And then after that we think of our big things as small things, our big worries. Mother said, you know, my children, you are hypnotized by your difficulties and you do not believe in grace. These were her words. Because we are all the time thinking of difficulties, difficulties, problems, problems. But you don't know what is grace? So when we read their life example, and Sri Shiro, emphasized on this, that Sri Krishna uses this phrase in the Gita, that not only he dwells within the human body, manavi tanu ashritam, but God's own example. Which, how to, you know, he must... The Calvary of Christ. When we read the life of Christ, this can be so liberating just to read that. Life of Buddha. Here is a young prince who had so many challenges. I mean he had everything in life he could imagine and yet he is vexed by this problem that why human beings suffer? And he leaves a house. People are saying you know, whether he left his wife or child. Here is a person who was not leaving his wife and child. He was besieged with this idea that mankind is suffering. Is there a way? that they can come out of it what a tremendous impulse that heaped inside his heart nothing mattered living, non-living were irrelevant so his example this is the avatar and much more because the avatar for the first time brings matter directly into contact with the supreme otherwise the supreme touches matter I think somebody was mentioning the other day Ayatriya Upanishad and, you know where through the different layers, matter is held. So we have the gods. Gods are the cosmic managers. Then we have (laughs) titans hidden in the inconscient. Then we have all the vital worlds and all this. Then the material world. But the beauty is God has conveniently hidden himself here. And during the evolutionary process, he takes a material body, even if nobody knows that he is in avatar. Avatar never advertises himself. Shobindo dropped hints here and there when he was asked by Nagin Dosi, Sir, in this life you, are, you have come as avatars. What were you in previous lives? He says, uh, as vibhutis. He did not refute. So it, you know, it, like, he didn't say, No, no, we are not as avatars. <laughs> as vibhutis. So what were you doing as vibhutis? So he says, Carrying on the evolution. So, yes, sir, what does it mean? He says to explain it, I have to write the entire spiritual history of mankind. Carrying on the evolution. When Champakalalji, you know, makes on his feet uh, diagram of his feet, draws not diagram, but there's a very sweet story, but not to go into detail, mother's feet and Shubindo's feet. And then he wants them to write something on it. So mother smiles and he passes it, she passes it on to Shirvindo and says, He wants to write something on it. So Shirvindo takes up the mother's feet and writes on it Aditi, white lotus, Aditi, the divine consciousness. And then he passes, she gives it. So then the mother picks up the Shurvindos and she writes below that. Shurubindu, the avatar, the red lotus, the avatar. So there are many such hints. One of them is where the mother directly says, which you know the phrase, the last avatar. She says that somebody asked the mother about you know the future avatar. She says, as far as it has been known that Shurubindu is the last avatar in the human body, after that we will see. This used to be for me an enigma as I grew up in a child, that why things stop with the 10th avatar? This used to be. But of course I would try to understand by number 10. Number 10 is a sign of perfection. 1 and 0 are coming together. So all this I used to explain to myself. 10 implies completeness. But then I understood that because there is no more a human body after the 10th avatar. The human body has progressed under the as the fish, as the tortoise, as the vara, as the middle half human, half animal, as the dwarf man, as the wild man, Rajogun Sampan as the, you know, Satvik illumined man, and so on and so forth, till it reaches a point where it must cross a critical barrier and be transmuted out of an animal body, human body, into a divinized body. That is why the divine takes a human body to give a concrete stamp, touch it, Release those vibrations, divine vibration directly. It's a great mystery how he takes the human body. In a certain sense, the whole universe is the evidence of the divine taking a body. But it is very, very indirectly in a diminished way. So that is the beauty of the avatar. He takes a human body to open a doorway, to leave that impress upon matter, which is never erased and forgotten. So that matter eventually... It's activated, if you, I want to use a scientific language. He activates matter to behave in a certain way, move towards a certain direction. Now it has that divine element inside it. it. Directly, the supramental force it contains. Of course, every avatar is a divine manifestation. But they come to release a certain degree of consciousness and matter becomes ready. Have you ever wondered why chimpanzees and human beings, elephants intelligent, with the brain, everything is there. Of course, why human beings, for us, language comes natural. Of course, we can explain evolution takes place, the sulkai and gairai. it makes it a very complex brain within a small... Why all this has happened? Because a new thing has to manifest, a new kind of thought. So, avatar starts changing this world in two ways. One is from within... It doesn't care whether human beings believe in him or not. Mother said, fortunately the work does not depend upon that at all. She made it very clear. That even if a single human being did not believe, still the avatar will do the work and go. That's the, it seals the destiny. And the second is that he directly acts upon matter by the very fact he has assumed a human body and therefore matter begins to become primed to the divine consciousness, to the divine vibration of that level which the avatar brings and implants in matter. A branch of heaven transplanted to human soil in death's tremendous hour. This is what it means, that in death's tremendous hour he implants. So the Gita speaks of these three or four signs of the avatar. When does he come? Yada Yadahi Dharmas Siglani Bhavati Bharata Dharma Siglani is what? It's not like people become irreligious. <laughs> it's just that the truths that were released by the great masters were turned into hard crystallized, codified, religious dogmas and they were lost to the heart of mankind. And he comes to release. Dharma Siglani. It's the downfall the dharma is lost like to take an example the fourfold order of society the chaturvarna which had which was so profound when we read shurvindu's writing but it had turned into a means for um, hierarchically being superior and by heredity so it had to be broken so dharma siglani bhavati bharata then what does the divine do yada, yada dharma siglani bhavati bharata then to release once again the dharma I come but it is not going back to the past he has broken it he will release it so that something new may come every avatar does it so people who say Shurabindu has said and done something which you don't find in traditional Vedanta well yes, every avatar has done that take uh, Sri Krishna he went beyond Rama, Buddha, he went beyond. He was even regarded as Avedic simply because, you know, his teachings, though they are in line with the profoundest truths of the Veda, but he went beyond in his own way. Christ, he broke whatever were the formulations of that time. And though it's a different story that every avatar, there is a tendency for humanity to reduce him back to a religion. And now, Shurabindo, he comes to again to give a new sense to this whole idea which is sown in the consciousness of earth and creation, Ekoham ham bahushyam. The one wanted to become many. Now he says, yes, many. Each will become divine, not only within, which we are already, but even in matter, even in the body. So he comes to release that. So he opens the door to the next future. Future next. He is the key, he is the gate. That's why every avatar comes and says, I am the gate and I am the path. It's a very profound truth. It's not a sentimental thing. You have to go through that gate. That's why even Buddha says, Dhammam Sharnam Gacchami, Sangham Sharnam Gacchami, Buddham Sharnam Gacchami. I'm not going into the semantics and the interpretation. I heard them all. But it's very clear. He is the gate. He is the path. He gives the path whether it be the Eightfold Path or the Way of the Gita or now Bindu, the Integral Yoga or simply the Mother's Yoga, he gives the path. So he becomes the path. And then of course the collectivity because evolution is not an individual process. It is a collective process. Individually we can enter into Nirvana. Individually we can take sannyasa. Okay, that's an option for the weak or for the sattvically eluded Deluded. there is no word for illusion like delusion we say diluted <laughs> so satvik illusion people who are driven by a satvik illusion for moksha of the kind that is understood there is a true sense of the moksha freedom from ignorance but moksha let's get away from this world of pain and suffering where we are born again and again punarapi janamam punarapi maranam punarapi janani jathadeshanam let's come out of this horror nightmare well, they have an exit door, they can take it. But the doesn't come for these individuals who are wanting to run away. He doesn't come only to establish a little ashram where some people do bhaj govindam That's okay, we can do that. But he comes for the collective emancipation of mankind to release that new divine possibility in the race. And all who are ready, Anywhere in the world. That's how the mother's message is. The future of the earth depends upon a change of consciousness and the change is bound to come. But it is left to men to decide whether they will collaborate with the change or the change is thrust upon them by the power of crashing circumstances. She even says, a new world based upon truth is born, refusing its old slavery to falsehood. I was speaking yesterday. When she was asked, what is it that the supermind will throw out of nature? She said, Why should it throw out? It is an all comprehensive truth. Then she pauses and says, Well, it will throw away hypocrisy, artificiality, hypocrisy. That is the one thing it will throw away. Because that's a kind of falsehood we most freely indulge in. So here comes this beautiful thing that he comes and opens the path. And then what does he do? Those who are good, good not in sadhunam only good, they are striving, but you know they are the forces of downward gravitation are so strong. So he releases them. That's why suddenly you see from 5660. Now today yoga has become a household word, and you know we have such gatherings. I think uh, very beautifully. Uh, not so beautifully, but um, very aptly, Vladimir was reminding of those days when in Russia you had to hide. even to read Shorabindu. I have heard about this. <laughs> and quietly you can walk outside, but otherwise you know, and there were places like that. I mean, in India you, you, you couldn't just, you know, well, I can speak about it. in Goa. If you were a Hindu and you it came to be known that you have a Tulsi poudha, the secret, uh, what is tulsi called in English? Basil plant in your house because it's a sign of um, Hindu identity, you will be killed, you have to be converted or killed. Your property will be confiscated even if two generations back you were converted but you are not following that. These are horrors which nobody knows in the name of God. Where could these people go? They must have cried. I can only imagine what people love, you know, talk about. What they must have gone through when um, Islamic invasion and British invasion was taking place and outwardly there is freedom but you are mugged. Sorry to say dogs and Indians not allowed. These are facts. What they must have felt inside compressed. Paritranaya sadhunam. The day Shurabindu was taken to the jail that day, the sun of British Empire started to be set. Paritranaya sadhana Vinashaya chadushkita The evildoers. Who are the evildoers? It's not about petty things that we you know. Evil doers are those that want to take humanity back into its the moras on which it has emerged. The root of which is selfishness, cross egoism, meanness. Shubhinda says there are only two sins That I find difficult to pardon. Guess what? Not the seven cardinal sins. He speaks of selfishness and meanness. And then he says, but they are also universal, so you should. And the two virtues, love and courage. So... The entire world wars were fought in the presence of Mother and Shubindu. Shubindu said it's the mother's war. And this is how they saved the earth. earth. People don't know what a storm passed and what saved them from danger. Perhaps still don't know, but that is not relevant. What is relevant is what do we do now? People often ask. And Shubindu quotes what is given in the Gita. And he says, who benefits from the fruits of the avatars coming? And he quotes from the Gita, Madhavam madhyaji Madhyajima Namaskuru Sarvadharman Parityajjam Amikam Sharnamraja Those who abandoning all else become full of the divine, embodied divine, the avatar, full of him mad bhavam, who take refuge in him, mad man mana mad madhyaji mana whose thoughts are full of the divine, the embodied divine who has come as the avatar, who abandon everything and take surrender and refuge in him. So that's what I was saying between evolution and transformation, I had started by saying there are four words, then I said but three words so what is connecting the evolution and transformation is surrender to the embodied divine. It's the crucial element in Shabinndo's yoga repeatedly he has emphasized. It begins with surrender. it ends with surrender. It's not for nothing that countless letters Shabinndo speaks of, "Take refuge in the mother, open to the mother, open to the mother." It's a constant refrain in letters on yoga. The one thing which is so difficult, because we are so individualized, how can we are human beings? We have to do something ourselves. Unless we do something. Well, he reminds us, look here, yeah, you do. <laughs> Little children do. When children come to help mama, when she is making food, mama says, okay, okay. Hum kya kare? Okay. You, you, maybe you know, you wash the potatoes and give. <laughs> he says the joy. <laughs> Before I close, this is what we should do. This, you know, when this um, Krishna avatar, there is this They are praying to, they used to pray to Indra, the rain god. Krishna says, why are you doing all these prayers? Pray to Govardhan. Now this story is very deep and meaningful and I am avoiding going into my pitara of stories. So he says, what do you mean sir? He is going to blast us. He says, we will see. They start praying to the mountain, Govardhan, to the hill. Govardhan, look at the meaning. Matter. So he starts pouring So this is now see Because of you we did this now we have this He says wait 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 wait. Let us together take this hill up What do you mean sir? Come together we can do it So together they lift the hill up As the story goes And If you see that image of Krishna Krishna is lifting the hill With his little finger And all the Gopal, Gwal, Bal, the cowherds boy and girls, they are also putting a stick as if they are supporting the hill. (laughs) They are doing a great favor to Krishna, but it is Krishna who is lifting it. So this is the scenario now. He has brought the new creation and the mother is carrying it forward. But she is giving us the joy of doing something so that we feel important. Take your sticks and put it the staff of faith. <laughs> yeah, it's, it gives us a joy. And also surrender should not be tam-sig. is a very dynamic process. Not easy to surrender, let me tell. All our individuality will rebel. Because the ego always wants to do something and take credit for it. <laughs> so this is the door they have opened. Which, who will go through? Not the whole humanity at once. Those who are ready, who have the courage to surrender, who have faith and love to heed the call of the flute and walk through the narrow gorge towards the new creation. For the rest, debate and discuss. Shubindha has already said, God shall grow up while the wise men talk and sleep. And belief shall be not till the work is done. So it's a wonderful subject. Actually, I could just uh, go on for hours. Uh, So I have to check check, check, check myself several times. So, but let me close with these lines from Savitri which gives us several places in Savitri. We see about the avatar. Avatar is the divine become human who opens the door. Then humanity can move through the next step. Otherwise nature will not allow. There are people who conceived of a new world, new creation. People conceived. shubhna speaks of it in one of his poems, In the Moonlight. The Iron age has ended. Only now the last dying spasms fierce palms of a dying world shall shake the nations and when that is past earth vast of its ills shall raise a fairer brow and then he says, uh, he speaks of what Shelley dreamed what John of Patmos saw, what Shelley dreamed vision and vain imagination deemed the city of delight, the age of gold where is it, where is it they dreamed they, they thought could enter into the future the Vedic rishis glimpsed, the, the rishi who wrote the Bhavishya Purana glimpsed Bhagavat that yes, there is a Kalki Avatar, but it couldn't be done. To do it, the divine takes the body, opens the door, and then the rest walks following him. These last four lines, six, seven lines from Book 1, can't can't 4, The Secret Knowledge. One who is in us as our secret self, our mask of imperfection has assumed. Every avatar is a double phenomena, the human and the divine. He takes the human imperfections. Shabindhu raises this in, in the Gita that you know people often say, if Christ was God, why didn't he run away from the cross? Well, if he ran away from the cross, he would not be Christ. If he did some miracle and suddenly he vanished. He showed the bleeding saviour's way That's why he is the divine If he ran away he would not be If Krishna did magic And there was no Kuru He would not be God If Rama did not face the battle with Ravana In grim earnest he would not be God And lament Oh my Sita where have you gone Who has taken you He takes all the human emotions Human states within him To transmute and show the way Our mask of imperfection has assumed he has made this tenement of flesh his own. His image in the human measure cast that to his divine measure we might rise. That's why he assumes the human body. Then in a figure of divinity the maker shall recast us and impose a plan of Godhead on the mortal's mold. Impose, look at the. Word's powerful words, doesn't matter He will impose A plan of Godhead, original plan On the mortal's mold Lifting our finite Minds to his infinite Finite minds Moving within ifs, buts, ands, doubts Calculation 1 plus 1 equals to 2 1 plus 1 equals to 1 It cannot understand (laughs) So So you know, this is how This Touching the moment with eternity Every moment should be a heartbeat of the eternal in us And then he says something very beautiful This transfiguration is earth's due to heaven It's a contract we had signed, we have forgotten When first man's heart dared Life and death, it entered He signed a contract Don't worry. The severe grace is with you. The transformation will happen. We forgot, but he has not. The original contract is with him. This transfiguration is earth's due to heaven. A mutual debt binds man to the supreme. Divine remembers there is a debt. (laughs) When we dared into this plunge and take on a material body, the psychic being, That's how the Ekoham Bahushyam could be fulfilled. The mutual debt binds man to the Supreme. His nature we must put on as He put ours. He becomes human so that we can put on the divine supernature. We are sons of God and must be even as He. What is the sign of that becoming? It's a very beautiful one word in the Upanishads. One of the favorites of Swami Vivekananda. One of the words that we see in the six scriptures. What is the sign of the person living in Brahman? Nirbhayo. He's afraid of nothing. The Upanishad speaks of it. Tatona vijugupsate. shrinks from nothing, because everywhere in all he finds the divine, feels the divine, shrinks from nothing, is afraid of nothing. So he says, we are sons of God and must be even as he. His human portion, we must grow divine. This is the real story underlying all our outer stories. His human portion, we must grow divine. Our life is a paradox. Paradox of being drawn towards earth and drawn towards heaven. And we don't know. If we turn toward this, we lose that. If we go there, we lose this. This is a paradox. We seek peace, but quarrel quickly. We want love, but we are quick to hate. We want wisdom, but we do the most foolish things and enjoy it. So our life is a paradox. We want health, but eat all the unhealthy foods. (laughs) That was for me. (laughs) <laughs> no, no. It's, it's, sometimes you have to have exceptions. <laughs> so, and that's how human consciousness goes. Our life is a paradox with God for key. Substitute the word God for, in this context, in our context, with the embodied supramental avatars, Shorbindha and the Mother, and we have it all. Thank you.